man. I like that song. Anybody else? That is a good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, today, I'm have, I got some help today, and I want to tell you why. I'm going to have Preston's going to come and pray for us, and the reason is today is a, it's Hospitality Sunday. Like a thousand donuts out there for you later. Some of them are gone already. I admit it. But to hospitality. And so as I thought about hospitality, I'm not sure if you know who Preston is, but Preston has been going here for a little while, and Preston welcomes you regularly. He is a person of hospitality, and he took a spoken blessing class at me, and he just speaks blessings. So I couldn't think of a better person who could pray for us today as we think about being hospitable people. So Preston, would you pray, and then we'll do the Lord's Prayer together. Okay, church, are you ready to pray with me? Okay. Dear God, we welcome you and our people to your house of worship. We are grateful that we can welcome people here in our homes and in our community and all around, wherever you, we are. God, we bless everyone who enters here and those who are watching online or listening on the radio in Jesus' name. As children of God, we are called to be disciples of Jesus and to be like Jesus in how he practiced hospitality. Help us welcome them, feed them, and make them feel home. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray, please change our hearts and so we can help others who are in need. In Jesus, I pray, amen. You pray the Lord's prayer, the, the prayer that Jesus taught his brothers and sisters. If you don't know the words, to be on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. I got a little more help. Uh, Cameron's going to come here and help me out. Cameron uh, is a senior essential. He's on the football team. And he spent three weeks this summer with me actually talking about today. So we studied a lot, would you say? A lot of studying, a lot of conversation. And so I said, you know, if you help me study, you're going to have to preach. Right? So he's going to tell some stories in a little bit, but to start, he is going to read the passage for today. The passage for today is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. So I'll give you guys some time to flip. If you want to turn your pages. Turning pages is good. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. People of God, this is the word of God. All right, uh, you weren't here the first service, I was. We're gonna do it differently this time. So I wanna start with, uh, so this, is, we've been, this is the wrap up to our series called What Can We Do? I'm gonna stay down here. I'm not gonna move it. It's heavy. What can we do? And so the series is built on what's called the one another's. So 59 times in the New Testament. So we're told to love people, right? Well, love sometimes is a hard thing for us to wrap our minds around. We say it's to will the good of another. We have some other definitions like love is loyalty and commitment to serve a person. 
so they become more like Jesus, even if it means I give up my own rights and privileges. So to love someone is the desire that they become like Jesus, even if it costs me something. The other one I like is that love is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person in which one gives oneself to another to bring the relationship to God's intended purposes. So in both, you're placing God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit above my own hopes, dreams, desires, and wanting the best for the other person. But that's kind of hard to know how to do that sometimes, right? It's kind of like a, it's a, it's a thought. It's kind of abstract. So 59 times, the Holy Spirit inspired, inspired some writers to say, this is how you do it. So they would say things like, be at peace with one another. Love one another. That one's a lot. Be devoted to one another. Live in harmony with one another. Honor one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another. Serve one another. Uh, speak to one another using this. Have this on, in, in, in your heart. Be patient with one another. So over and over and over, the writers of the New Testament are saying, this is how you do it. So we took we chose four for this series. And each week we've been walking through opportunities, asking the question, what can we do? We began the month in Hebrews asking you just to consider, who do you hope to be this year? How do you hope to be different? Right? If we're, we're either becoming more like Jesus or perhaps we're not. So we're going to ask you to think about it. As the year begins, I made a joke. I don't know why we make habits and resolutions in the middle of the winter. It's the worst time to do that. It's freezing cold outside. I don't want to leave my house. This is a good time to do it. It's nice out. We're actually beginning our year. We're saying yes to lots of things. What do we say yes to? How do we want to live as we've been doing? So this week, we're talking about hospitality. Turn my notes over here a second. Did I grab my notes? I didn't grab my notes. Sorry. Uh, maybe I did. I did not. Here we go. Okay. So I want to be honest with you. Sorry about that. I forgot them. I got wrapped up in shouts of the Lord. So what I want to do today is, uh, well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, number slide eight, please. I don't know if you know this or not. But when you join a team at church, there's called Impact One. It's like a training. It's where you meet with your team to discuss how you're going to do what you're going to do this year. Well, this is the Hospitality Impact One training. And you're on the team. So I didn't, you didn't know that, but now you are. And so on your sheets this week, this is the last time for now that I'm going to ask you to sign in at church. All right? There's three things. The first one is I want to be on the hospitality team. I hope at the end of today you think, maybe I do. That sounds pretty good. The second one is we have an incredible worship team, tech team, and creative team. You ever walk down the hallway here and seen the artwork, seen the creativity of our church? You see that, that big thing in the back right there that says, what can we do? If you were creative, would you check that box? And the third thing you can say yes to today is what can we do is would you join a text group? And all we want you to do, first, if you join one, make sure you text back. So how it works is you have a leader and three people, and your leader writes you on Monday and says, or emails you, we have email groups, says, hey, we're, we're studying the Sermon on the Mount this fall, God willing. Here's our passage for this week. Would you just read it? And after you read it, on Friday or Saturday, would you just share something with your group? What we find is oftentimes when we read these words, we read it like in a vacuum all by ourselves, and it's great, but we also need other perspectives. So when we join these text groups, we hear other perspectives. And the good news is we're in this the whole way through. So if you join a text group on Monday, you're reading the text that we're going to talk about on Sunday. So you're prepared. So those are your invitations. But this is your Impact One training, hospitality. 
I want to think differently about hospitality today. All right? So here's my sentence. It is um, slide five. Here I am, and there you are. So I borrowed this and mashed it together. I think we live in a world of here I am. Here I am. Notice me. Here I am. Look what I did. Here I am. Did you read my post? Here I am. Did you like my picture? Here I am. Notice me. Here I am. Here I am. People are longing to be noticed. And I will say this. There'd be lots of times in life where that's how you feel. Life is particularly difficult and you're just exhausted. Here I am. But as I learn about Jesus, when it comes to hospitality, Jesus was a there you are kind of person. There you are. People are desperate. Here I am. There you are. I see you. I know you. You're welcome to be in my kingdom. You can be in my family. There you are. Hospitality is more than food. It's more than shelter. It's more than handshakes and hellos. To truly be hospitable means that I'm the kind of person who can say, there you are. I see you. That was what Jesus did. So today I want to unpack that a little bit. And then we're going to have some practices. And then it's impact one training Sunday. So you have to go out and eat a donut and practice out there with other people. And then you have to go out into your week. Because we're here for one hour. How many hours in the week? 126? 127? I don't know. Something like that. So we're not here a lot. I want you to take what we do here. I need you to go out and do it. And all I want you to think about this week and the weeks to come is, there you are. Let's be those kinds of people. All right? All right. So let's get the passage up there. First uh, Peter, I think it's 4, 8 through 10. I just want to work through it, talk about it, and then Cameron's going to come tell some stories that I think are going to help us. So I don't know if you were here or not, but a while ago we studied 1 Peter for quite a while. And Peter's writing to a persecuted church. Things are really challenging. He's trying to explain this is, this is how we do this. This is how we do this together. This is what it means to follow Jesus in this time. Towards the end of the letter, he says this, above all. I've told you a lot of things, everybody. Peter says, above all, above all. Above all, pay attention, love each other deeply. What does love mean? It means that we want people to be like Jesus. Jesus is the best human being ever. Everyone wanted to be with him. Even the people who didn't like him were always trying to follow him around and talk to him. Have you noticed that? Pharisees are always trying to talk to Jesus. People who he disagrees are always trying to talk to Jesus. There's something about this Jesus guy. He's just the best person so above all, love people like him, which is deeply, which means intensely, proactively. You're seeking people out. There you are. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. When we become disciples, apprentices, followers of Jesus, we get covered, hidden in Christ. We are now seen as he is by God the Father. We are becoming more like him. We are covered with him. So when we do the same thing, when we love deeply, we cover people with him because we get to be his image bearers. How? You offer hospitality without complaining. There you are. And as Cam, I talk to you later, is we all have different gifts. 
It is food, but it's not just food. It is shelter, but it's not just shelter. It's, it's all those things. God has given everyone unique gifts. All of you have a unique gift. How could you use it to say, there you are? So as I've been studying, um, I like this definition for hospitality. It would be slide six. We are a hospital. We are expressing the welcome of God the Father through tangible acts of love, namely food, shelter, relationship. But so bottom line, when we are hospitable, we create the opportunity for relationship. There's a chance. Because the word hospitality actually is a, it's a compound word that means love stranger, loving strangers. But Peter's also writing to people who know each other. He says love one another. So love strangers, but also love one another. We're supposed to practice hospitality with everyone. And in this day, if you live in a city, it's kind of wild, this some reading on it, is you probably live in an apartment. 95% of people-ish lived in apartments, which means you lived right on top of each other. So everything you did was noticed. Everything you did was seen. Everything was seen. So you're loving strangers. Whoever you welcome to your house, whoever you talk to, everyone sees. So he's saying, you gotta love people. Practice hospitality. There you are. So as I'm thinking about it, hospitality is where a stranger is converted into a friend. Hospitality is where a friend becomes an even better friend. And hospitality is where your best friends know how much you love them. I love a phrase I heard a long time ago, if you think people know how you feel about them, just assume they don't. You should tell them. We think people know how we feel. I would tell them. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. So I saw this in Jesus' life, and there's so many stories. But I think it's funny when it comes to hospitality, because nobody knows the story of Zacchaeus. Ever heard of Zacchaeus? The guy in the tree? Yep, you know it. I know you know it. So Jesus is walking. People are following him. There's this guy that no one likes. For good reason, he's kind of a jerk. And Jesus sees him in a tree. And what does he do? He says, get out of that tree. Backwards hospitality. I'm coming to your house and you make me dinner. Only Jesus get away with that, right? You can't invite yourself over to someone else for dinner. But that's what he, he was constantly looking for people. There you are. There you are. There you are. There will be times when you feel like, here I am. I'm just, oh. that's when you need people who say, there you are. Because what you get, what you get you then can give. Cam, you want to come tell some stories? It's Cam's to tell some stories. One is kind of more of a moment. I would describe the other as more of a lifestyle. I'll have a seat. You lead the way. So like Clay said, I'm going to share two stories today. One's more of a, a moment in time where I experienced some hospitality from a family in Pella. And then another's a, a lifestyle, a, a story about my father. So I'll start off with a, a story about everybody's uh, Favorite topic, COVID. Woo, let's go. Yeah, so uh, in fall of 2021, um, last year, uh, we had just reported for football camp. Everything's going super smoothly. Uh, we had to test two times a week. So far, no, no positive tests, so everything's going well. And it's a, it's a morning, I'm eating breakfast, and I go test for COVID, and coach is like, this is the only time you're allowed to think ne negative. You can think negative here, but any other time, no way. So I'm thinking negatively, thinking negative, woo, comes back negative, I, I think I'm good. I go back to my room, and uh, 
I get an email that says, you're receiving this because uh, you were a contract trace for COVID, so you have to go into quarantine. I'm like, well, darn. So I, at this point, I really only have two options. I have to um, go back home for a week before I can test and get out of quarantine, or um, I can stay in a house on Central's campus and be isolated away from everybody. Um, so I, I didn't really want to do either of those options, but Luckily, Central has brought me some wonderful people. Uh, one of my good friends, Hayden Vroom, his, his family opened up their house to me, their home, their basement for me. Uh, it's not always easy having a 20-year-old football player in your household. Uh, you think you have leftovers in the fridge, and then next thing you know, they're gone. But <laughs> they didn't grumble at all, no grumbling, and um, they, they welcomed me with open arms, a place to stay, and I really appreciated that. Um, and this, this hospitality really stuck out to me because during COVID, it was widely acceptable not to show hospitality. It was widely acceptable to not open up your home, but they did anyways. So they said, they looked at me and they said, there you are. You're in need of a place to stay. And they opened up their home to me and that, that, uh, that meant a lot to me. And then the second story is about my dad. So he was born and raised in, in Dallas, Texas. Um, at about five years old, he was removed from his uh, biological parents' home for abuse and uh, they were drug addicts. And so he went through 11 years in the foster care system. And uh, he bounced through shelter home to shelter home, over 30 different homes, um, before he finally settled in and a family um, took him in and he was adopted. And then, uh, so today, uh, that has inspired my dad to do foster care himself. So uh, since my sophomore year of high school, my dad has uh, had foster kids in the home. And uh, it's been a wonderful experience. And, the life that uh, he grew up and had is, is not uh, ideal, but the, the good thing is, is we sang that song earlier, we have an awesome God. And so God can, can turn bad things around and he can and use them for good. So my dad had this life, and I wanna use the sentence today to frame this, is here I am, this is the life that I was dealt, this is the life that my father had, but God can turn those things in, around. And, and now my dad can say, there you are, he can bring foster kids into the home. He can show them the love of Jesus and pour light into their lives. And um, that's, that's my dad's gift. Um, not an ideal way to get the gift, but um, being able to love any child as his own is a gift for him. And you all have a gift. Every single person in this room, everybody has a gift. I encourage you to think about what your gift is and how you can use that to impact others and to serve others. Um, God doesn't randomly just hand out gifts. It's not like he has a hat and he's ripping up pieces of paper and he's putting it in the hat and he's walking around and he's like, here, draw a gift, you draw a gift, you draw a gift. No, they're intentional. God gives intentional gifts and I encourage you to think about what those are so you can use them to serve others and glorify his kingdom. Thanks, Kim. All right, if I can find my notes, I will be good again. And I lost them again. Got them, here we go, okay. So what I've got is I've got four practices for us in a story. Things you can think about as you're going out to coffee time and enjoying your donuts and also looking at, they have these things out there, you can sign up for more stuff, you check the boxes here. Um, but four practices, think about them. I'm getting these from a book by a guy named Jerry Sitzer and he noticed all these things in Paul's letters. 
primarily using his letter to the church in Rome, but he noticed how Paul would write to people and how he'd speak to people. That's, that's kind of where Saul comes from. But he knows four things about being a hospitable person. Uh, the four practices are slide nine. First is acknowledge people. Second is commend accomplishments. Three is express affection. And four is speak a blessing. So as I read these things, I was like, what does that mean exactly? I don't know all those words all the way. And I think how I think about some of those words don't make sense. So to acknowledge somebody, Jerry wrote, is the ability to acknowledge and accept people. It's a rare gift that few of us possess and all of us need. But it's interesting though, as I read the word accept, I felt, um, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about that word. Accept everybody? What does that mean exactly? So I looked it up. Dictionary today says to accept someone means to receive them. Got that. Then also to recognize an opinion or explanation as valid or correct. So in today's world, to accept someone means, means that I have to say whatever it is that you say, if you believe it, I think has to be true. It's interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But it's interesting how our words change over time. So I got this dictionary. It's new, but it's from the 1800s, from my mother and father-in-law when I got commissioned. I looked up the word acceptance back in the 1800s. The word meant to receive someone. But it also, but it meant though the Western to re- re- receive with favor, to show value and to show esteem. So what I noticed as I looked at those two definitions is today we have said that if I don't accept a thing about you, if I don't agree with a thing, I cannot accept you. But according to that, if I can receive you, show value to you, even if we're different, that actually means acceptance. I can accept your whole person not just disagree with a thing about your person. So to accept someone means we have to change how we think. We might think differently. We're all made in the image of God. Jesus came, why? For everyone. He wanted to come for everyone. That's why he came. For God so loved the world. That's the creation, that's all the people too. He came for all. We all have a choice to repent and to change, but if we are to, we can accept people as they are, which is what God did for us. Is if you keep working your way down in the dictionary, in that definition, it means, it said, acceptance with God implies forgiveness of sins and reception into his favor. So that's what he has done for me. Knowing all the things I have done, knowing all the ways I've messed up, knowing all the times I thought the wrong thing, if he said, I will come and, ex- and receive you, I'm going to change you. You have to do the same. So when we acknowledge people, to, to receive people who are different is a gift. I think it's pretty rare. But that's what it means to say, there you are. So we acknowledge people. Second is we commend their accomplishments. So in this letter to Rome... Uh, uh, at the end, you got to go read the end, chapter, chapter 16. And l- look at all the people that he talks about. So he talks about this lady named Phoebe, okay? So go with me in just a second. So Phoebe, this would be awkward, by the way. She, so when you brought a letter somewhere back then, you normally read the letter. So whoever brings the letter is probably the reader of the letter. So Phoebe is the reader of this letter to the church in Rome. She has to read this. I commend you, our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in somewhere. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help that she needs. She's a benefactor. So she's reading all these good things about herself to people that she does not know. 
That'd be kind of awkward, right? But what happened when she read all these things that Paul thought about her? She's like, man, he trusts me, he respects me, he values me, and now everyone who's listening to this letter is doing the same thing. So how I talk about someone to someone else, talking about hospitality is love a stranger, right? If I speak positively about Preston, when you meet Preston, there's opportunity for relationship. You're strangers, but I've spoken about him to you. Huh. We acknowledge people. We accept their whole person like Jesus did for us. And we, but we all become different with Jesus. We commend them. We say good things about them to other people. And the third thing he does is he talks about expressing affection. Now, what I found in Jerry's book that was interesting is when we hear affection, we think just physical. That's the world we live in. It's all physical affection. We're not really sure what to do with that right now, to be honest. But to express affection, I went back to that old dictionary, meant to bend my attention towards someone. So when I express affection, you have my attention, and you know it. That is affection. It might end up being a hug. It might end up being a high five. I don't know. But to express affection has more to do with my attention than my physical body. That's how we can show hospitality. When someone's talking to me, my phone is down and I'm locked in. You ever talk to somebody when they pick up their phone? Conversation's over, right? Someone's distracted, it's over. So we want to say, there you are. You have to remove distractions and give them your attention. And the fourth thing is speak a blessing. I'll say it again. If you think people know how you feel about them, I'm just going to say they don't. Today, tell them. Tell them about it. Last night, I, I, had, a, I had a short temper yesterday. Can I be honest? Short. And at the end of the day, I felt, getting ready for today, I felt terrible about the state of my heart. I, was, I did not speak kindly to my ladies many times yesterday. So at night, I ended up doing a weird thing. My dad does it. I went, they were watching a, mo a movie with music, and I just sat on the, on the chair, my wife laughed at me, and just watched them. And they would watch the movie, they'd look at me, they'd smile, and they'd watch the movie. They'd look at me and smile and watch the movie. I thought, I want to give them my attention. And then that night, I tried to do this more and more. I tried to tell them, I just love being your daddy. My wife, I just love being your husband. I don't tell them I'm proud of them. I just love to be your daddy. That's a blessing. Practice it today. So a story, and then we're going to move into worship. Two stories, two thoughts. I read about cattle ranchers in Australia. So I'm just going to take the author's word for it. And he said there are two ways, two ways to keep cattle in dry land in Australia. So the first is you build a fence. I get that, obvious, build a fence. He said the second option is you have a really great water source. He said if you have a great water source, you don't need the fence. People come and get a drink, and then they stay. So I began this series telling the story about Jesus. Man, Jesus got good stories. And Jesus, in this story, it's in Mark, he took his disciples, said we're going to go across the water 
to this other place. Disciples don't like water, right? They, they fished just offshore if you weren't here. So to go across the middle of the water was very scary. Not, I don't want to do that, Jesus. Well, anyways, Jesus says, we're going to do it. And they said, well, where are we going, Jesus? They said, we're going to go to a city that you don't want to go to. It was a city where if you're a good Jewish young man, you would never go to this place. People not like us, they're bad people. We cannot go there, Jesus. So, you're, so I'm going to take you away you don't want to go, says Jesus. I'm going to bring you to a place you don't want to go, says Jesus. And when they get there, we have a picture of the cliff, I think, somewhere. Yep. This is probably where the story takes place. I like this kind of stuff. Jesus, a man, runs out of the tombs and is screaming. He's probably unclothed. He's probably cut. And he's just yelling and yelling. He says, Jesus, are you, have you come to, to throw us out? He's full of demons. He's full of evil. And he and Jesus have this conversation. And Jesus with the evil spirits. He puts them into some pigs. This is probably where the pigs ran into the water. And then this man is now sound, in his sound mind. He's clothed and people come to see what's going on because pigs was their primary way of, of making money. And they say, Jesus, we need you to leave. You're not safe. So you have a great candidate for discipleship right there, right? A guy with nobody. He's had an amazing experience with Jesus, right? I told us in the first week because I wanted you to think that this, this year you can do things. We can do things for the kingdom. No one's disqualified. So you have a great, he could be Jesus' disciple. And Jesus says, no. I want you to go home. I want you to tell people what God, what I have done for you. And the next time when he, Jesus comes back, right, 4,000 households show up. It's like, like 10,000 people. What story did that guy tell? It must have been a pretty good story. But I tell a story again from a different angle. Talk about there you are. Talk about hospitality. So someone who's at the 915 service told me they had also gone to Israel. They had probably seen this place, and their guide had talked about this story. And the guy said an interesting thing. As he's just, he's thinking out loud. He said what's interesting to him is that the sa sound carries across the water right here. So I, I thought of like an Alcatraz. I, I learned that if you were in Alcatraz prison in San Francisco, one of the hardest things was when the wind was right, you could hear life happening in the city. So here you are imprisoned, cannot get out. You're never going to get out. And I'm listening to people live on the outside. That makes it even harder to be in the prison because sound would carry. Well, he said sound carried across the water here. So that means this man who's been ostracized from community, he's confined to the tombs, right, can probably hear life. But if he can hear life, that means people can hear him. And it says in Scripture that he yells and he screams in the tomb. So the guide said, I wonder, sound goes both ways. If Jesus heard him, he heard a person imprisoned, entombed, he was stuck. And Jesus said, guys, we're going to go across the water. And he arrived on that shore. That's my mind. And then he said to this man, there you are. I came here for you. And his whole life was changed. Because Jesus said, there you are. Can we be people who do that? Everywhere we go, we notice people. There you are. How are you? There you are. Can we take time to pay attention? That is hospitality. That is your impact one training. Now, afterwards, worship, I want us to go. So I invite the band up. I'd like to pray.
guys, ask you to change your hearts. You change your minds. That, you, that we would not just have faith in Jesus, which is how it begins. But this year, as we ask you, what can we do? We would be developing the faith of you, Jesus. That we would be begin to think like you and act like you more and more and more. That we would be people who see people like you do. Who say, there you are. Because we believe that you change everything. Can't help but think that, think about what can we do for people who are in really hard places saying, here I am. It's probably going to take a lot of us saying, there you are. So would you mobilize us today? Would we practice here? And then when we go and bring your kingdom everywhere that we are.